Welcome to episode three of Retireable Podcast. My name is Mike Wallace. My name is John Sauger. And we're here to talk about all things in the retirement space. John, why don't you explain uh, a little bit more for those new listeners about uh, what this Retireable Podcast is about? So the, the, the quick answer on this, Mike, is, is trying to connect with people um, that are at or near retirement age in the first phase of retirement or, or anything when you're looking for retirement. It, it's, a, it's a unique subject. Even if you're already retired, you probably couldn't explain to someone how you retired, what you did, what, 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 how it came about. It's such a unique subject, and it's different for every single person. So we're trying to share some stories and, and bring on some guests and interact with different people that work in this space, that interact in this space, so we can hopefully uh, enlighten you, the listener, a little bit more on, on what to look forward to, what pitfalls to try and avoid, and how to address that issue. Most of us have, can, have heard of holistic healing or holistic medicine. Um, holistic financial planning or holistic planning is, is just simply making sure all of your uh, professionals that you work with are communicating together and working with you in mind. It makes no sense to make money on one side to pay it back on taxes on the other or, or to um, buy a property and not have it protected through your attorney and your estate planning. You know, it's just all the little things have to work together in, in concert. I mean, it is amazing, um, especially with some of the tax laws that have been changed recently. Um, a lot of the people that have not been taking advantage of some of the important uh, tax law changes, um, but also what we've, we've been finding recently, and we're going to talk a little bit um, with a, a, a licensed elder law attorney later on in our podcast today, is about the importance of using the experts when it comes down to the legal planning and um, elder law and estate planning because that becomes a very critical point um, throughout people's lifetime. And it's not only where people think about, okay, you know, where I'm later in life and I'm willing to pass on my, my estate, it's throughout life. I mean, if you have a small business, making sure that that's set up properly, using some of the tax laws uh, inside the legal framework as well, okay? And so that might be whether it's a corporation or LLC, et cetera. We, we don't think about it this way, I guess, if you're, if you're just living your normal life. So when someone asks us a question, more often than not, the first answer is, well, I'm not an attorney. I can't give legal advice. I, I, can't, I can't process that. But we have to have a relationship with someone that can help us in that situation. And that's one of the things we do spend a lot of time talking about is, is, is interacting when we talk with the, the people we work with, the families we're referred to, the clients that, that, that we meet on a regular basis. We get subject matters that might be outside of our lane, so to speak, or above our pay grade, so to speak. And, and that's where it's great to have uh, a relationship with, with an attorney that can help guide us in that fashion because that's more often than not Clients need, you know, a three-minute answer, and, and, and you can get them that answer. You can interact and find that answer, and, and, and if they had to go out and do that on their own, you know, more, it, it's, it's, it's overwhelming to them. They don't even know what questions to ask, and so that's something that we see a lot in, in the course of a normal week of our, our, our activities. Well, and, and a lot of reasons people hire us in general is they're trying to be proactive and not reactive, okay? but we've always seen it in our industry is people come to us after the fact when there was a mistake or there's something that's a problem. And we know this happens in the legal world as well. A lot of the lawyers are being approached um, to help solve the problems when if they would have been approached previously and be more uh, proactive about their planning, then it wouldn't be such a mess later on down the road. And we see this all the time. 
um, we, when we deal with with uh, you know prospects and clients that you know a lot of times too people mean to get things done but they they procrastinate so it's a lot of it's just getting it done and and making sure and that's why working with a holistic advising firm um, we can help point people in the right direction so they can shortcut that process because a lot of it's just lack of knowledge not knowing what they need and if they understand the rules and that it's not as complicated um, or that there are professionals that can make it easy and painless, then then that's what we want to use. Okay, and and a lot of it comes down to with the estate planning, especially is is the unknown. You know, we don't know what's going to happen and when. You know, we don't know if something's going to happen to um, you know a spouse two years from now or twenty two years from now. Um, we don't know if it's going to be something quick or long and drawn out. Um, we don't know how long a, a, a spouse may survive a husband. We don't know if there's going to be minors involved with some of this stuff as well. So a lot of it is just putting that plan together, no matter what, for all those ifs, ands, or buts. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I think when we, when we look at that, Mike, all the things you said, all the unknowns, it, it can be scary. There's a lot of times where, where people don't want to think about that. They don't want to think about their own mortality or they don't want to think about what could happen. And, and, and full disclosure, if you ask people, hey, who gets into car accidents? Well, nobody says I do. They say it's, it's, it's someone else. Like it's, it's not something you get up in the morning and plan for these things to happen. I, I don't plan to be uh, uh, um, in, a, in a catastrophic health, health issue situation or I don't plan to get diagnosed with cancer today or I don't plan to have my spouse pass away. Or, but we have to interact with people and we somehow have to bring in the statistics of what we see with the human relationships of what we what we build with people. And we have to merge those together. And, and, and that's where I, I think the word estate planning and, 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 and the use of a, a highly qualified attorney is really, really beneficial. Absolutely. And as John said earlier too, we are not attorneys and we, we really can't give specific legal advice. That's why we do um, refer a lot of our clients to um, the attorney's office. Let's, without further ado, let's introduce the attorney that's going to be with us today. Um, his name is uh, Ben Vader. He is from the law offices of Benjamin Vader. He graduated from the University of Wisconsin Milwaukee in 2003 with a degree in finance. Uh, he received his Juris Doctorate degree, or what a lot of us laymen say, his law degree, <laughs> from MSU, Go Green, in 2008. His focus is on elder law, estate planning, trusts, probate, and corporate law. So one thing I didn't realize um, when I when I was looking at your bio here is that you have a degree in finance because when we first started working with you, Ben, from what I remember, um, you were working more in the counting while you're going to, to school to become a lawyer. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I was uh, my focus in law school was on um, you know taxation. Okay. Um, and so it, it, it kind of ties in with what I ended up doing now. But uh, what I what I realized really quickly was that in the the tax world, it's super dry, right? <laughs> I mean, you're talking about tax planning, it's certainly an important thing. But what I found was that I really liked interacting with people on a regular basis, and the tax focus did not did really not allow that. for that. Okay, yes, so, okay. Exactly. fair enough. So, so that being said, like we, we, we keep using the words estate planning and elder law and, and, and all those things. And, and I think a lot of people have a basic picture of it, but, but with like you, you chose estate planning as your primary. Uh, uh, I know I can't say your specialty, right? I don't think that's legally allowed to say, but I think I can say you, your primary focus with your firm is, is, is estate planning. 
kind of tell us what that is. What, what, what do you, can you summarize that for us? Sure. For? Well, you know, when you ask a lawyer what time it is, and he'll tell you how to build a watch. So I'll try not to get too crazy here. <laughs> Perfect. But, um, just to give you, you know, real simple, you know, definition of what an estate plan is. It's a plan to deal with the circumstances that can arise in the event you become incapacitated or pass away. So if you get to a point where you can't make decisions for yourself, the plan, the estate plan would, would, would address that. It would pick a person to do it. You know, okay. that kind of thing. Okay. Um, in the context of death, who gets what? How do they get it? Who's in charge of making that happen? Okay. Those are, you know, in a nutshell, how I would quickly summarize an estate plan. So one, one of the thoughts I was wondering about is, is, and you kind of alluded to this before, where you were dealing with taxation and, and, and more dry and now with the state. So it seems like this might be a very rewarding subject. Like you, you are there when people need you most. It's is it what it feels like to me? Is that is that a fair? Yeah, assessment? and 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 what I would say also is that you know as you talk about like you know people don't want to face these things or they don't want to recognize their own mortality. That's absolutely you know what we see at our firm. Um, and part of what you know I really enjoy is providing people with that peace of mind that once they do actually step up and do that, you know everybody knows they need to do it. It's just I don't need to do it yet, or I mean not need to do it right away. I'm not planning on dying tomorrow, as you kind of right, alluded right, to. Right. So um, the peace of mind, the peace of mind that the clients get after going through that process, it it, it just to see it in their face is is quite the. It, it's really rewarding because awesome. they're Absolutely. relieved, they're happy. Everybody's you know now we got a plan, and, and it, it 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 really it, for me is kind of you know why I do it. Cool. We've talked before and, you know, so we can pull the curtain back. I mean, Ben has worked with a lot of our families and a lot of our friends. I actually, when my dad was in the hospital years ago, I called Ben from the hospital with questions and he answered. And so we, we have a relationship. We've known each other for, for, for a long time. But I hear from people all the time that, and I'm sure you do, Ben, I'm just curious how this one goes. I hear from people all the time that say, yeah, I know I need that stuff, but I've actually already done it. I've already taken care of that. And it, so what, what is, if somebody says to you, hey, yeah, I've taken care of that, what are some things we might want to, people that are listening today say, oh, you know, I'm hearing from this attorney, he sounds great, but I've already taken care of that. What, what would we say to those people? Sure. I mean, I think that, you know, you kind of alluded to earlier changes in laws as uh, uh, dealing with like taxes, things of that nature, that you got to understand that any kind of a plan is going to be on some level fluid. Um, and so it always is going to make sense every so often to, you know, revisit the plan, make sure it's still doing what you needed to do, doing what you thought it does. A lot of times what I find is that, you know, people say like, here's how my plan, you know, they explain their plan to me and then I read the thing and it's, that's not what it says. Okay. So, you know, having that, even if it's, you know, e even if it's the person, you know, reading their own documents, um, you know, any, you, you gotta look at it. You gotta, it's, it's just like anything else where you've gotta, you know, you gotta constantly monitor. And so what most people I say is that you should have your plan looked at every five years or so. Five years. Okay. Um, you know, and if there's a change in circumstances in, in your world, then, you know, sooner than that. So, so change in like circumstance of your world, what, what, what speaks yeah. out to me would be like family. Yeah. Like if, like if I had a, a, a divorce in that time period. Okay. All those things. So, and, you know, we've got like a little checklist of things that are kind of like, sure. hey, or look at this. Um, but to give you an example, if, uh, you know, you see you've selected your, you know, son, the, the, the um, you know, to serve as your medical decision maker and your son gets a job in California and has to move. 
well, maybe that's, you know, he's no longer the right person for the job. So those are the kinds of things. And a review of an estate plan, um, you know, doesn't have to be like a long, involved process. It can just, but again, you get that reward, that peace of mind, that comfort, okay. that confidence um, that, you know, you know, you've got your, your house in order. Okay. So when you say an estate plan, um, why don't you help us understand what is included in a quote-unquote estate plan? Sure. As far as I'm concerned, the bare minimum that would need to be in any decent estate plan is going to be um, documents that deal with you know three primary situations. Uh, the first two we'll talk about would be during your lifetime. So in the event that something were to happen to you, whether you become physically unable to take care of yourself or mentally unable to take care of yourself, we would want you to have two powers of attorney to identify who can help you. Um, so in that context, you'd have a, a financial or general power of attorney, and you'd have a medical power of attorney. Now, um, the reason that you need those is because if you don't have one and you get to a point where you cannot make your own decisions, the law essentially says nobody can do it for you without proper authority. Now, if you've got a power of attorney, that will be your proper authority. However, if you have no power of attorney or your power of attorney is lacking and doesn't cover the circumstance that needs to be dealt with, somebody's got to go to court to get permission. Does that, does that happen a lot? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you, but the, you lacking of a power of attorney. I hear people all the time, oh, no, I got that thing or I, I downloaded it. That, sure. that happens a lot? Yeah, well, yeah, sometimes what yeah, – so for folks that don't have a power of attorney, it's a no-brainer. That's the only option you got. What we, we tend to see is, is people, you know, uh, as they come up with a plan, they don't really know what they need. So when they say I've got a power of attorney, sometimes it's like this two-page document that okay. doesn't cover a lot of stuff. Okay. It may cover like the obvious thing, like, hey, my financial power of attorney says my kid can write checks. Okay. But it doesn't cover the situation where, hey, I went into a nursing home. What can be done to preserve my oh, assets? Okay. So it, not all powers of attorney are created equal. So okay. when people say they have a plan, and, and listen, I'm not above you know saying that it, it makes sense for somebody uh, uh, to potentially even have a, a second person look at whoever drafted okay. their plan. I mean, if it's done right, it's done right, and, and everybody should generally agree. Um, so again, yeah, it, not all powers of attorney are equal, and yes, we are, you know, we deal with probate court, and that's okay. the court that handles these types of, of matters um, on a regular basis, daily basis almost, because, okay. you know, yeah, people either don't have one um, or it doesn't cover what they need it to cover. Okay. Okay, so you talked about the, the uh Power of attorney for financial. While you're, um, while you're alive. So yeah, while you're alive. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So what are some of the other? So you said the other one was the medical or Yeah, yep. so the medical power of attorney has to deal with a couple things. You know, nowadays we live in a, a, a very, I would, I guess, say private or we're trying to be private. People want privacy. And as it pertains to medical records, those are hyper private, right? Nobody wants to be in. And, and medical professionals treat them that way as they should. Um, so you need to make sure that you've got um, a authorization you know, to the person that you want to help you, an authorization for them to talk to your doctors, all right? So in addition to the power of attorney, a power of attorney is generally going to say, you know, what you can do and who can do it, right? That that's it, okay. it creates this power in, you know, essentially your attorney, all right? And it's not that your kid's an attorney, but that's the terminology. Um, so the, the like I said, the, the document itself has to be broad, cover what needs to be covered, and um, the authorization to access medical information um, is very, very important. Um, we need to make sure that, you know, whoever you've picked has um, a full diagnosis, making a good decision on your behalf. 
Um, so that, you know, when we talk about medical context, um, important thing. The other thing that can be really, really important is end of life type treatment decisions. Okay. You know, under what circumstances do you want, you know, the machines unplugged, so to speak? Um, what, when would you say yeah. it's okay to let me go? And and you got to realize that, you know, your answer may be drastically different than your child's, right? But you, you can't try, make it at that time. That's the thing. So if you have not said, if there is not clear and convincing evidence that you would want to be, you know, let go, so to speak, the law creates this presumption that you do want to be kept around. And you can end up in a situation where you see something like Terry Schiavo, yeah. where you're on ventilators for, 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 for decades, years, things of that nature. Um, that, you know, again, a, a, a properly drafted what we call advanced directive or living will would spell out the scenarios in crystal clear language that, you know, you say it's okay to to let you go, so to speak. So that, like I said, that's very important because if you don't have that, then somebody's got to go to court and like and testify on the record that here's what they would have wanted. Here's how we know that they would have. And if there's any disagreement, right, then it could then, be problematic. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So it, these things, you know, while they, you know, and when you do them, they're simple. I mean, this isn't rocket well, science. It's just, it needs to be done before it's too late kind of thing. But, but as someone that's kind of been through it, um, the, the, those, the emotion that's going on in that time as the child yeah. and having those documents was like, was, was, was just unbelievable. My, my, my dad kind of said, it was like, when he did it, he's like, this is a gift. I, I'm, I don't know if this is ever going to work for me. Cause I'm not going to be there to make the decisions. <laughs> right. He said, this is your, this is a gift for you guys. And I, and, and it was Ben, I, I, knowing that stuff was there was peace of mind that we didn't have to go to court in an emotional situation and argue my, my, you know, my family thinking one way or the other, we were all on the same page, thankfully, but, but, but sure. Yeah. Well, and that, and you hit it on the head. I mean, you know, any of these scenarios, when they come up, they will be emotional. I mean, you're talking about potentially losing a parent or a loved one or having them be ill and need help. All of those things are stressful. And typically people that are taking care of those folks have their own stuff going on, right? Where, sure. where you're trying to juggle all this stuff. So yeah, I mean, having the documents just creates, you know, like we talked about earlier, this peace of mind um, across the board. Yeah. So it does make things a lot easier. Um, but, you know, oftentimes it's uh, that peace of mind is really important, but it also saves a lot of time and anguish. And and even money and when money. it comes down to that, yeah. So you're not you know not dragging through the court system and and taking some of that. Yeah, time people up don't as well. realize how catastrophic financially the probate system can end up being. I mean, a lot of times probate can be you know not too bad if everybody's kind of in agreement about what needs to be done. But once you get into court, everybody kind of gets their own opinion, and if there's any disagreement, you can see costs and time and effort spiral. Um, you know, dramatically. So uh, definitely that peace of mind is, is, is part of it, but there are also a lot of other benefits as well, including the finances. Okay. So you talked about the, the powers of attorneys. Um, so the estate plan is more like the, while you're still alive, and I'm, I know there's other documents that are included with that, but yep. let's talk about now the, the end of life decisions um, or, you know, after somebody passes away, what documents are important to have in that estate plan for those types of things as well? Yeah, there's, and there's several options as far as, you know, what you can use. Um, but the, the two most common that I see are, are either using a, a will or a, a, a trust of, of some type. And there's different kinds of trusts that you can use. Um, but for most folks, they, in a, in a pretty standard situation, would use something called or referred to as like a living trust or revocable trust, where the trust is set up, you know, to take care of them while they're alive. And in the event of death, it says who gets what, 
And okay. it's designed to avoid probate in both scenarios. So the assets go into the trust. And then in the event of death, the, you picked a trustee who has marching orders on how to distribute the money. If it's a simple situation, the trustee goes through the process, deals with any of your affairs, wraps up bills, pays for funerals, things of that nature. And, and once those are wrapped up, you know, the trust can say, hey, give the money outright. Or if we've got, you mentioned earlier, minors, things like that. If we've got a beneficiary who needs maybe some protection or oversight, the trust allows for that. And it does so without the need for court. So you know, as we talk about, you know, focus on what, what do we want, what do we need, um, plans can vary. But again, a trust is, is a great way to transfer assets on death because it avoids the probate system and provides for what I would call a lot of dead hand control. So you don't have to use it if you don't want it, but it is there. So the idea is that the trust, you know, can allow you to kind of provide some more uh, uh, oversight, so to speak, on how those funds are used following, following your death. So in, in, in kind of a, like, like you said, um, uh, quick summary, the, the most people, I think if I, as I'm listening to it and most of the people we see, they think of what you just said, whether it's the will or the trust, they think of the end of life thing, but we actually spend, uh, I think a little more time on the, while you're alive. It, so, so they're seemingly depending on what happens in your life, one could be more important than the other, but they're both seemingly equally important. They're right. Both- and you don't know when, yeah. uh, what the issue is going to be. Right. And that's, that's part of the issue that, you know, uh, I don't think people truly appreciate is that there's so much stuff that they don't even know. Right. Cause like I deal with this every day, right. You guys see it all the time, but for the average bear, they don't, I mean, they're not, you know, unless they've dealt with it in, their, in the context of a parent, that kind of thing, you really don't have, and that's in, in each situation is unique. So what happened with your parent may not happen to you, right? Right. right? And so the plan has to kind of cover all of these possibilities. And, you know, without getting professional, you know, advice and guidance, you wouldn't even know what those possibilities or, or, or pitfalls are. Well, and, and if you think about it, I heard this, um, I, I heard this on a, uh, I think it was a TV show a few years ago, and, and, and it was a conversation. It was like, you technically settle, uh, settle in a state, maybe one to two in your lifetime, maybe your parents, maybe your in-laws, but you, right. you, but you really, the average person, like you said, that doesn't see it more than yeah. that. So you're and not they just make assumptions it. about how it happens, sure. what happens. And so, like I said, we, we, people just don't really, they're not aware. And why would they be right? right. If you're right. not seeing it, you don't know. You and shouldn't so, feel bad about no. it, but that's what the, that's what the exactly. professionals are there for. Exactly. So, so awesome stuff. I, I had, I had another question though, because we, we, Mike, as he was explaining your background, there was a lot of different stuff there. There was a few things that, that he mentioned that wasn't just estate planning, though. So, sure. so he mentioned, um, you know, kind of a, a few other things. Is it what are other things that, that your firm focuses on that you see so often? Yeah, in the elder law context, you get a lot of spinoff stuff. Um, you know, so for example, somebody comes in to set up a will or a trust, but as you mentioned, maybe they have a business, right? And okay. they don't need like an uh, a complicated IBM business setup or anything like that, but they do need some protections. Um, so we do a lot of small business law. We do some real estate law. Um, those are probably the two other primary areas that we, you know, touch on. Um, and it does largely stem from, you know, trickle down through the the estate planning component. Okay. okay. The the other thing I noticed, and I I don't know if it was on the the, the website or not, but you are. I, I know we 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 loosely use this this term family law, so to speak, but but. You actually have a family of lawyers. I believe you have a lawyer that also lives with you. Is that oh, correct? Oh, yes. My wife, uh, she graduated from uh, Wayne State 
Um, geez, must have been two years now. Time's just flying. Um, yeah, so she uh, she joined the practice uh, a little over a year ago. Um, my, both my dad and my stepmother were attorneys, so it's uh, it, it's in the family. And my wife's my wife's father, uh, my father in law is also an attorney. So okay. we're trying to get the kids to be doctors. Though. It's in the blood. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> but it's exactly. a wealth of knowledge that you can that that you can you know draw from in in in, in situations. That's really neat. Yeah, I like that. It is. Well, Ben, thank you for, for coming and joining us today. Why don't you tell us a little bit of uh, how, if someone wanted to get in contact with you, um, yeah. how would they get in, in contact with your law Absolutely. firm? Absolutely. Well, hey, thanks. First, thanks for having me. I really do appreciate being a part of this. I really like what you guys are doing here. Um, yeah, as far as getting in touch with us, uh, our, our website is uh, www.vaderlaw.com. Uh, we're located in Warren on Van Dyke. Uh, our phone number is 586-268-4463. Like I said, the website's got a lot of great info, too, if you're it's looking a great to educate website. yourself. It's a great website. Fantastic. So, again, Ben, thank you for coming. And, and literally, we just touched the scratch of the surface of what the stuff that uh, Ben can do. And and really, when we talk about some of these documents, we could have a whole podcast on just you know one subject matter. And so maybe we might have you back again sometime to get a little bit more deeper dive into some of these subjects. So we, we oh, appreciate you, I'm happy you, to ben. do it, guys. Thanks Absolutely. for having me. So next we're going to talk about, um, I know we touched a little earlier about what they call holistic planning, but we're going to talk a little bit about what we, we call in our weekly segment, um, holistic happenings. Uh, and so basically we're trying to find out some things that we can, that might apply to some of the individuals that are listening uh, to this podcast that might be some real world examples that may, that they may resonate with them so that they can get some of the solutions that they may need as well. So, John, why don't you explain briefly again the holistic happening segment? So, so when Mike and I were talking, and 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 when we talk about holistic planning, what we see in our in our day to day activities with families, we might not just be talking. We have a financial background, both of us, and, but we might not just be talking about finances in a given day. We might be actually sitting in with. Um, the law office of Ben Vader listening to uh, uh, with a client, listening with them as they're getting an estate plan taken care of for themselves. Or we might be uh, uh, talking with an accountant or with um, uh, uh, um, uh, healthcare people or, or whatnot as we, as we talk about all these different things with the families we work with. Um, and, and, and so the idea is really we, we, we wanted to put this segment together to really show how often we see this. And, and, and so it's kind of, um, it's organized, but kind of off the cuff. And what I mean by that is, is we know in any given week, if Mike just says to me, John, tell me something that came up this week holistically with some of the, some of the families or clients you work with, I could give examples. I think the, the key to a lot of this stuff is uh, not trying to, uh, even though some of this information you can get and do on your own in, in certain capacities, but a lot of the reasons people hire uh, people like you and I, John, is because we have those resources available. You know, we, we have uh, Ben, for example, that's on the first floor of our building. If we have a legal question, a quick legal question, we can reach out and sometimes he will reach out with the, to the clients directly. Um, you know, of course, whether you're having the, the, we have CPAs in our office as well that we can, you know, ask tax questions to it or even some simple things, even if we don't know the answer, we can get it usually within, you know, if not minutes, a 24 hour turnaround time. So I think it becomes important to do that, that planning and, and one of our, our, the things we talk about, you know, just each and every week is, you know, most people don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. And if you put together the proper strategies to put together that plan, and a lot of our clients we deal with are good savers, 
but they're not good planners. And so it's now putting that together to do that full holistic plan. So thank you for listening uh, to the Retireable Podcast. Um, again, my name is Mike Wallace. I have been John Sauger. You're still John Sauger? I am. Okay. Well, let's hear that. So if you want to get in contact with us as well, um, we work for a company called Financial Services of America, and our website is um, fsa1.com, um, and our phone number is 1-800-977-9292. Have a great day. Thank you. Insurance products are offered through the Insurance Business Financial Services of America. Financial Services of America is also a financial services practice that offers securities, products, and services through AE Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Financial Services of America is also an investment advisory practice that offers investment advisory products and services through FSA Advisors, a registered investment advisor. AEFS and FSAA do not offer insurance products. The insurance products offered by Financial Services of America are not subject to regulatory requirements and standards of care applicable to registered representatives and are not subject to investment advisory requirements. AEFS, FSAA, and FSA are not affiliated companies. Any and all other services referenced are an outside business activity not offered through or supervised by AE Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, or Financial Services of America Advisors a registered investment advisor. AEFS, FSAA, and any other entities are all separate and not affiliated entities. FSA advisors may refer you to local CPAs for tax services, including our business partnership with FSA Tax and Accounting, and attorneys for estate planning services, including our strategic partnership with Benjamin T. Vader, PLLC, if needed to coordinate and collaborate with you and your advisor on your holistic financial plan with proper written authorization. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Financial Services of America is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Financial Services of America.